0: Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors.
1: Good morning from the Crop Doctors Podcast studio in a dry and hot Stoneville, Mississippi. Tom's here with me. Drew is in the studio with us, and we've got Eric on the phone. Good morning, Eric.
2: How are you, buddy? I'm great. How are y'all doing?
1: I'm good. So, Tom, what did you say? What was Drew's reaction when he saw all the new duds in the studio? I would say he was
3: astonished. Uh, he was impressed. He walked in because you those of you that have not seen the Stoneville studio, you cannot see the studio from being outside the studio because there are draperies over the windows. So you really don't get a feel for a size or B what's in here until you open the door. So well, if, if you were
1: never in inside this room in July before we had those drapes you can't fully appreciate the drapes. Correct, or because, before the
3: air conditioning unit was yeah. added because it was a uh, smoldering experience. We could
1: uh, we could record some podcast at a balmy 87 degrees in this room <laughs> at times. <laughs> that's hot podcasting. It's kind of like
3: hot yeah. yoga,
0: only a little different. Yeah, it looks good. Very professional. Stepping it up. Ooh, that word might be a little stretch. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> professional I've, or stepping it up.
3: I was focused on professional. I would, I would refer to it as
1: quasi-professional.
3: Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's As professional as we can get. Don't step over
1: <laughs> a line there, Drew. It's, it's, we're just kind of happy to be here. <clears throat>
3: we like to set the bar low.
1: Tom and I were visiting for a second yesterday as we crossed paths, and he said, man, there's a lot of middles getting swept out. In a lot of places when i was driving around yesterday and i said yeah i've seen the same thing so we decided to get drew and eric on and talk about the current conditions on the corn crop and then factors to think about when we start thinking about water and corn but drew before we start how many days of school do your kids have left
0: three
1: three days three and a
0: half yeah
1: well if you count today that's right yeah mine too when you were growing up what was your Favorite summer activity?
0: Favorite summer activity. I guess swimming because hot, dry. You know, what I did mostly as in my summer as I got older was uh, spray and cut mesquite trees. So that was was the job uh, majority of the time.
3: (laughs) That sounds like an exciting Texas summer.
0: Yes. And Mm. so anytime you can go end up in a pool after that, it's always a good day.
1: (laughs) No kidding. That does sound (laughs) hot. Tom? Growing up in suburbia like you did. Ouch. Well? Well, we played a lot of golf during the summers.
3: Did Did a bunch of traveling. You know, when I was younger, we spent a lot of summers in the Northeast for a couple weeks every year. Two weeks in Massachusetts and Maine for the most part when I was growing up. Almost every year, my family had a really small, small, focus on the word small, small lake house.
1: Okay, my summers looked a lot more like Drew's than yours. Yeah, there wasn't.
3: There wasn't really any hard labor at um, at Shea Allen.
1: We we quite possibly violated some child labor laws, if there were any back then. Ah. Eric, what'd you do? I bet you detasseled corn or something, didn't you?
2: Actually, did not detassel corn. I was trying. I basically worked on a farm and had discussions over the past few weeks. I've I've done things from roguing cereal rye out of wheat fields. Did all the jobs I guess that Dad would let me, particularly some of the tough ones. Like uh, I would basically run a a furrow plow um, or cultivator through the cornfields. We actually put furrows in our cornfields after the corn emerged, as opposed to prior to planting in Kansas. And uh, I actually have fond memories of harvesting wheat on an old Massey Ferguson five ten with a water cooler instead of an air conditioner when it was 100 degrees in Kansas during June. So a uh, lot of lot of good memories anyway. That
1: sounds pleasant. I found out in recent years that my daddy had me doing some things when I was little that my mama had no idea <laughs> he had me doing. <laughs> <laughs> and they were married. I just thought they talked about what they did during the day, I guess. but now I'm like 40-something years old, and no we're – at my folks' house one night, talking about whatever, and my mom's like, "I had
0: no idea you had him
1: doing that." Sorry, a little late now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, statute of limitations and stuff
3: on that, right? No, 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 no. There's no statute of limitations when it's your parents involved. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff lasts forever.
1: Eric, why don't we jump off into this topic by you just kind of giving us a status update on the crop and uh, where we are and and what everything looks like.
2: We had a typical Mississippi springtime where we really had a challenging conditions to get in and plant, and fought wet conditions all spring. Finally, it dried out about the last week of April, and and you know there was a few growers that still planted a few a little corn during that time period, and and then we obviously took that opportunity to go full bore and getting the rest of the, the row crops planted. But since that time period, we've stayed dry for the most part we've got you know some small rains and so forth and and it's turned a lot hotter than what it normally is for what I would call the early part of May so right now we're sitting in a condition where most of our corn is a lot younger than what it normally is when we start to get soil conditions start to dry out and, and it encounters these first 85 to 90 degree temperatures of the summertime, which cause it to wilt and and really cause us to start thinking about irrigating the corn crop.
0: When
3: you say warmer than normal, take us back a few years. So when you say warmer than normal, you're really referring to basically, I think, what most people probably keep in their memory of the last five years. When can you get us back over the last, say, 15 to 20 within the time frame of some of those warmer Mays and, and how that may have benefited uh, corn production in those Mississippi summers.
2: I'll characterize and say that of all the climatic factors that affect corn yields, normally dry conditions during May have a positive impact on our irrigated corn yields. And that's primarily because I think it encourages root growth. We fight, like I said, wet conditions throughout the planting season this greatly inhibits root development and then we get into start to get into some more of a summer pattern at some point during may where the shoot growth or the above ground part of the plant growth really starts to kick off and and enters these rapid growth stages but because it's been so wet during the early part of the spring the root system is small and it it really has some difficulty with, with keeping up with the, the growth on the rest of the plant. In other words, it, it's really more of a shock to the system than anything else. We, we typically have less than 80-degree temperatures up through the, the end of April, and every year at some point during May when we reach 85-degree temperatures and we get a 10 days or two weeks of dry weather, the question comes up about when to start irrigating. We start to see some leaf wilt occur in the field, and and typically we we start our irrigation season. What we've learned, I guess, is that with our soil moisture sensors and and other tools to actually monitor soil moisture, most of our Mississippi farmers are probably irrigating a lot earlier than what is necessary to actually supply moisture to that crop and what's optimal for high yields.
1: Eric, talking about shock to the system, so I've had some conversations this week related to herbicide injury. So the questions were, what's this treatment going to do to my crop? And I think at times we can have an unusual amount of herbicide injury when we have conditions like we've had this week where it went from consistently in the 80s and now we've had mid-90 temperatures all week. And what I've described to them is that plant doesn't have a really thick cuticle yet because it hadn't had to have a real thick cuticle yet. So related to corn and herbicide aside, but just physiologically, do you have any insight on the plant's development and how it acclimates itself to a a change in temperature like we've experienced this week?
2: Well, I think it goes back to really the, the root system needs to catch up with the rest of the plant. Just up to a couple weeks ago, we had saturated soil two inches deep in the soil profile and and deeper, so that really restricts the early root growth of the plants. When we do get a couple weeks of dry weather, obviously, it it does encourage root growth, but the, the high temperatures are obviously causing the plant to grow a lot quicker than normal. Everything all the corn growth is driven by temperature. So when we get warmer conditions than normal earlier in the season, it's going to cause favorable conditions for for quick development. And that the fact that we're having warmer temperatures than normal earlier in May is, uh, you know, you might say shocking the system even more than what we would normally associate with when we oftentimes get these temperatures in excess of 85 degrees, which oftentimes this whole irrigation initiation doesn't really come up until the really the last two weeks of, of May as opposed to um, sometime in mid, mid to early May.
1: Drew, you said earlier that y'all had some moisture sensors out. What are your sensors showing as far as moisture in the profile? So this is
0: my fourth season I, I get growing season going into it and so this you going back to the historical and what we've had in the past this is scrambling a little a little faster than i have the past few that it's been a lot wetter so we'll have i don't know how, total what we'll have you know something 40 plus scattered sensors throughout different farms throughout this season and we're just getting them online as as we can get the telemetry put up and so we've been doing some hand rating. we've had the sensors in the ground Um, for a while now I took my first reading that we we plugged in our telemetry uh, system yesterday and so once you get down to six and 12 inches and this is our corn that's probably the furthest along of any of the sites that we have and I mean you can see that the roots are exploring they're digging they're finding uh, looking down for water but you know it they're still the moisture sensors are telling us there's moisture down there Um, it's not a saturated scenario or, or situation but they're using water, um, but but it's not from a moisture. There's not a stress from the st- standpoint of where the sensors are telling me. Probably, I think I've mentioned this before, but the, the, the times I get the most concentrated area of questions is going to be irrigation initiation, when do we start, and then the termination side of things. And when you're in the middle of that, it's just more about managing where we're at and the, the crop water use is, is up and so you see it's a little bit more predictable but right now um, as it's developing like 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 Eric was saying the, the roots are being developed um, it's trying to catch up um, and when you look at the top end of the field the top couple inches is dry you look at the crop it, it starts to look a little bit stressed you get a little bit worried and, and so, and, you know, kind of plugging in the moisture sensors um, like I do most of the time, that, that takes a lot of the guesswork out of it when you know, all right, you know, it's, it's looking a little bit stressed, but there is, you, you feel a little more comfortable. I feel a little more comfortable if I'm recommending irrigation initiation when I can look at sensors and I know, yes, there is moisture down there. Six and 12 inches, there's moisture down there. The roots are growing um, down in, in, in that area so that it exploring and it's starting to use it, but it encourages that root growth. Another thing, too, is is our water use right now is, is lower then it's going to be once it, you know, gets into reproductive stage. So, so the amount that it needs and that you need to make sure you keep it is, is less. And so I do, you know, we don't want to stress it. We don't want to uh, push it too far, but understanding where we're at and how much we can let it go uh, and, and encourage that root growth during these times when it's when it seems you know real dry and, and hot, those moisture sensors are really helping. But for the most part, um, as we're getting scrambling, getting those plugged in what I've seen right now is, is we've got moisture down there. getting getting close and getting ready you know as, as it develops and grows, but we have some moisture at the deeper depths.
1: So wheres down there?
0: <laughs> Deep, is that loaded uh, that, is that a loaded so, question yeah um uh six and twelve this last one I, I mean, we just hooked up yesterday um is is you know it's completely saturated below 12 inches um, it, the roots aren't down there yet and and so between that six and 12 inches is where we're seeing water use so we you know we we feel like the, the roots are down at that depth but even they're down there that there's moisture so that that you know eight to ten inches is is kind of where we're seeing where the water use is
1: Eric, so at the stage our corn is now, just say, 12-inch corn. If you just take an average, what's the root depth of a corn plant that size?
2: Drew just reiterated that. It's going to be probably, you know, not a whole lot deeper than six inches. You know, obviously, Drew made some good points there. The moisture is basically shallow and our Roots are, are trying to access it, but the root system is very shallow, too. The The thing that we need to keep in mind is that, you know, one of the things that we worry about is, are we going to lose our moisture if we wait another week or so to, irrigate, to initiate the irrigation? And if we've got moisture that's 6 and 12 inches deep... We're certainly not having any jeopardy of losing that moisture due to uh, delaying our irrigation initiation. Somewhat, the other thing that that is a is a very valid point is that the corn, for the most part, is a lot smaller than normal this year. When we're we're starting to get dry weather, and keep in mind that you know corn that is less than fifty percent of its total plant height is going to be using less than 50% of the amount of moisture that it will at those high water need time periods, you know, at full plant size or certainly after tasseling So, the the water use is way less than normal right now, plus the sensitivity of the crop to moisture stress. Not that we have any moisture stress right now. Drew just said again that we've got moisture six and 12 inches deep, so it's not like we're in, in a moisture stress situation yet. The problem is that our roots are small and Keep in mind also that they're going to grow as deep as 30 to 36 inches during the course of the season. So the more that we can help them develop that depth and develop as they desire during the vegetative growth stages, the more optimal that's going to be for our our yield opportunities later in the season.
3: Well, I think the hardest part is that both of you have touched on presence of moisture at a specific depth I think you have three factors working against you right now one you've not received an abundant amount of rainfall in some parts of the state two you definitely have higher than normal temperatures and I would make that statement based on the last five years and how wet it has been in the spring and three I don't recall a year since I've lived here where we have had this much wind in the month of May And I think all three of those factors support how that plant may appear. Should we be concerned if the plant appears like it's having a little bit of stress? Because from a physiological standpoint, that plant will go through different distinct phases throughout the day whereby it conserves moisture. In different methods.
0: Well, would Drew say corn look like pineapples? That's right that's when I start getting the the worried phone calls when it like you said appears to be.
3: So do we need to be worried and, and I said a lot there but that really would be the main focus of the question. Should we be concerned if the corn plant appears stressed? Is it stressed at that point?
2: I would say absolutely not. Wilting is a very poor indicator Of whether that plant is actually stressed we need to go back to our soil moisture we need to actually look at that soil that the soil moisture data from the sensors or actually go out and put a shovel in the field and dig down six or 12 inches and make sure that moisture is available that's going to dictate whether that plant is actually stressed or not again wilting is a very poor indicator of whether that plant is actually stressed. And I'll put it this way, I guess. There are several different instances, I guess, where we see some really odd things that happen regarding yield potential and dry land versus irrigated fields or or dry conditions versus, you know, moisture conditions. We get a few questions every year where somebody's dry land corn yields their irrigated corn. And obviously, too much water can have negative consequences there. and, And folks fail to appreciate that. I'll also mention that probably our second most climatic factor that relates to high irrigated corn yields is when we have dry conditions during May. So once again, dry weather during May is favorable for corn production. Corn is a crop that likes moderate moisture, not excessive moisture, and that's reiterated by whether it's a National Corn Growers Association yield contest, or areas of the United States and throughout the world that typically have the highest corn yields are in areas that typically have less than 20 inches annual rainfall. And keep in mind that we got nearly 20 inches annual rainfall or got more than that in some areas of Mississippi last year just in the month of June. There are negative consequences associated with too much rainfall. And in in terms of vegetative development, once again, corn doesn't need a lot of moisture during the vegetative stages in May and it's actually quite tolerant of rather dry conditions during this time period and it really would like to develop that root system that we've already talked about too during this time period. So irrigating too early is definitely going to retard that root development and it could reduce the resources that that plant has later on in the growing season to be able to sustain itself and produce high yields by using excessive and abundant irrigation too early
1: drew in the areas where you have the sensors do you have any fields where you have a variable soil texture and then you have a multiple sensors in one field so maybe you have a little coarser texture at the top side of the field and it gets a little heavier as you move down the row
0: for the most part we try to put a sensor set In a field, and you know, and you know, that's probably the number one question. I guess, how many sensors do I need? Um, You know, my my answer is, you know, just one, and we'll start there, and then figure out where you where you want to need to look and figure out from a from a field standpoint. We try to get predominant soil type, Um, and then you kind of balance that with the most restrictive soil type, or you know, a sandier that, and so then you're you're just you're just balancing out how much. Percentage wise, and, and what are you trying to protect? Um, you know, if you have a a lighter sand soil, a lighter uh, soil that's sandier that's going to dry out quicker. But it, you know, it's maybe ten percent of that field. Do you want to irrig- You probably don't want to irrigate the whole uh, field and and sets off that one little small area. But you know, just kind of balancing in most of that. Um, so the sensors that I have are. We you know we are going to have varying uh, soil types within that field. We 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 try to hit the most predominant soil type um, within that. You know, as I said, we're we're getting most of those online right now. But uh, for the most part, everything we've plugged in, we we've looked at the most what we feel would be the most stressed um, based off soil type and and uh, crop development stages. Um, and, and and we've got moisture six below six inches
1: when you're basing an irrigation decision off of a sensor data you're accounting for the fact that the field may be not be completely consistent. So the sensor may tell you a, but you know that approximately 40% of the field is a heavier texture than where the sensor is. So you might need to adjust the initiation date based on field knowledge. That's too. right.
0: Yeah. And you're balancing that you're balancing the soil type and when you want to know stress and you're about how long does it take to irrigate? You don't want to you don't, you know, you don't want to wait too long. If it takes four days to to completely irrigate that whole set off that well, so you got to be ahead of all that. From a, irrigating with soil moisture sensors, and I'll and I'll, you know, go over most of the time we talk about how I feel soil moisture sensors are really important to help you irrigate correctly because you know understanding the moisture and, and the depth of it. But I also won't tell anybody to blindly irrigate off of soil moisture sensors alone there's a lot of factors that are that are going on that you need to weigh in from a you know irrigation or just a farming uh, operation standpoint it's just a a a component or a tool that you can use to help make those decisions and add to it and in this case you know what we're talking about from the initiation and and looking a little appearing a stress it just adds in, in my mind some confidence in I know I think I need, ought to wait a little bit. We're in the vegetative state. We want those roots to go exploring and develop those the growth in the roots, but I'm not 100%, you know, how much moisture is actually down there. You know, the sensors are going to tell us that, yes, there's moisture down there. And so it just relieves a little bit of that stress or worry of the unknown of how much moisture is down six inches and below.
1: Eric, right here at Stoneville, we have a chance of rain this afternoon. So this is Friday morning that we're recording this. So we have a chance. I'm not going to hold my breath about it because it seems to be jumping around, doesn't seem like a real reliable chance. Should we miss the rain and and the hot temperatures continue, when are you gonna start thinking about irrigating corn? I know I'm acting as a meteorologist, which is really scary, but just assume that the the hot temperatures continue, we miss the rain, what are the factors that we need to start looking for to start having those conversations?
2: I'd go back to the different ways we can characterize the soil moisture level and, and where it's at in the soil, we don't need to probably start irrigating if we've got moisture like like Drew mentioned, six and 12 inches deep. It's, it's normal when we start getting dry levels on our soil moisture sensors, normally by the time we get levels that are that, are that dry, we've expended most of the moisture maybe in the top 18 inches so we've got a long ways to go basically before the plants are likely going to get into a you know, a drought stress type situation based on the plant size right now and even the fact that, that we've had drier and hotter than normal conditions during the early part of May. But it all goes back to, to measuring the soil moisture relative to the crop needs and the growth stage. I'll add, I guess, that Folks often ask, you know, is there an ideal growth stage to start irrigating corn during the vegetative stages? My answer is that really there is not a critical growth stage regarding the ear development components or what we refer to as yield components or a definitive growth stage where it's important not to not to stress during those vegetative stages remember again that the plant is more tolerant to drought stress than any other time during the vegetative growth stages it's not until we get up and transition into those reproductive stages that tassel that both our water needs increase as well as our sensitivity to stress so the the research in regions of the country that's a lot drier than what we are typically indicate that water stress prior to tassel is really not going to have much of a negative impact on yield potential. And I'll add, I guess, that one thing that that we monitor every year in our on-farm hybrid trials that we do, we actually evaluate ear sizes and those yield components. in, in the first one that is Developed or determined is the number of kernel rows around the ear or the girth of the ear, the number of total kernel rows around the ear, which is normally 14 to probably 18 kernel rows. 20 would be a really, really large number and an exceptional number. But believe it or not, in these fields managed by Mississippi growers, our dryland fields actually have an equivalent number of kernel rows or even slightly higher. And most of our irrigated fields do in the state of Mississippi, which indicates that it's extremely rare that we have enough drought stress during the late vegetative stages that actually stress the plant enough to restrict that first yield component that's determined on the year size of an ear of corn.
3: Drew, Eric, thank you so much for taking the time out this morning to discuss that. I think this is important. And I think it's really important to point out that there are lots of components that go into corn yield production throughout a season, and irrigation may be just one of those. And it certainly is important and one that we don't need to forget about, but that is just one of the important components that factor into yield potential. So, thanks to our regular listeners. We really appreciate uh, folks listening and the comments that they continue to bring to us. This is something we really enjoy doing, and definitely are just getting going with some of the more important topics this year. That's something that we'll continue to do and bring forth really up-to-date current material. Thanks again. If you need us for one-on-one consultation, please feel free to track us down. We're always here. We're pretty easy to get in touch with. Mississippi Crop Situation blog has all of our cell phone numbers. Thank you once again.
0: The Mississippi Crop Situation podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.